thanks for uh, joining me this evening. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Appreciate that, I appreciate that. I know you're another popular guy on uh, Instagram. Wow, oh, thanks, man. I, I, I see a lot of guys uh, always talking about top line, top line, top line. You know, you do some crazy spraying and stuff like that. Um, so, obviously, your name is Danny. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, like, where you're from and stuff like that. Uh, I was born and raised in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Um, I've been working for myself for about going on 15 years now. I'm the owner operator of Top Line Painting and Spray Coatings. We just do like high-end finishing, uh, higher-end homes mostly, um, big houses, and yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I've been working for myself for, like I said, about 15 years now. Right on. Yeah. Right on. And how long? How long have you actually been in the industry? Like before you went on your own. Oh man. Uh, well, it's about since I was 19. Yeah. So I started out just like prepping um, for this one company, and then my dad was like, "Well, if you're gonna paint, why don't you go paint with like your family?" So I quit and went and worked for a production home company, um, painting like you know, kind of cookie cutter homes and stuff like that. So. I did that for about a year and then I was like, man, I got to get back to the custom game. I really like doing the bigger projects. Um, I like stepping back and being like, wow, like some, some nice homes, you know, award-winning homes. I've been privileged and blessed to be able to paint award-winning homes. Sometimes I open up Best Home Magazine and I'm seeing stuff that I've worked on and I mean, we don't get a lot of credit for that, but it, it, it makes me proud to see that. I, I like that. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. And I got my own company. Me and my brother started a company well, first we were learning from, you know, one company, two dudes, and then we started our own company, subbing houses off of these guys, working for a high-end builder in town. And um, and then when it started to slow down, the economy kind of like dipped a little bit. We uh, were looking for work in different places. So now we've kind of really gone on our own, but still doing subcontract work. We do a lot of lacquer spraying. So with that, um, I guess we're kind of like a little bit of a commodity, I'd say. No, not too many guys are doing that um, in the bigger homes. So yeah, yeah. So how how did you actually get into the industry? Like, what made you actually pick up that brush the very first time? Well, like, how did that happen? So when I got out of high school, I was just doing like whatever kind of fun little jobs, and then a friend of a friend was like, "Well, you know, buddy's brother needs help painting houses. Would you want to do that?" And like, some of my family members were in the trade, so I was like, "Yeah, well, all right, let's try it out." Um, and I kind of live in the city and there's like the bigger houses are kind of on the outskirts. Like there's a couple communities, you know, that are, that have like this state acreage lots and stuff like that. So more gated community living. And I didn't never seen this stuff before until I was like, all right, I'll go try it out. And there were these mansions and I was like, yeah, I think I could paint houses for a bit and learn this. So that's kind of how it started. Just a friend of a friend of a friend, really. And then I was like, I realized between me and like my brother, like that, well, we could actually turn this into like sort of a business and kind of work for yourself, which is nice, which was nice actually. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, I know I see some of the houses you work on. It's like, I didn't even realize, I know I chatted with you the other day, I didn't even realize that Calgary even had houses like that out there. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I've never been out there, so I kind of just thought of it as like a smaller suburb city, you know, being obviously from the biggest city in Canada yeah, here. Absolutely. It's like a concrete jungle. So I guess I kind of stereotyped it as like a lot of smaller bungalow type stuff. So when I saw the videos, I was like, this is like our bridal path to some of these places that you're working on here. Well, there's, there's so, a couple uh, areas inner city that are 
pretty ritzy that have bigger houses, but really close together, right? You don't get the estate living in town, obviously, but a couple of the outskirt areas, really nice properties, really nice. I mean, if you compare it to the States, it's probably a little different. I'm sure guys in the States are like, whatever, you know, I think the biggest house I've ever worked in was about 16,000 square feet, but like Shaquille O'Neal's house is like 60,000 square feet. Right, like right, it's ridiculous, right? right? So, I, but I like doing that kind of stuff. It's challenging. It's different because um, you know you're getting design teams, you're getting homeowners that are involved, and people want really custom specific stuff for them. So it's nice, you know. It's it's cool to different projects all the time. So is there a lot of chiefs? Like when you're doing like a subcontract, you got the contract, you got the homeowner, you got designers. Like are they all kind of? So or do you kind of just deal with the contractor himself? If if I have the contract to paint it, say through the GC or the builder, then you're kind of in the mix of all that. But sometimes when I'm subbing houses out, I'm usually just a hired gun, literally to to do like spraying mostly from different guys. Sometimes we'll do walls and maybe some exteriors or or, or help out if we need be. But it's mostly the spraying when it comes to subcontracting. And then when it's like that, they literally drop off the paint. I put it on, see you later, that's it. I just do my job and then the wall guys come behind or whoever, it depends who I'm working for. But if it's me, like on a couple projects I'm on right now, you're kind of in there with the design team a bit and, you know, homeowners and designers and other trades, especially in the big houses like that. It's mm-hmm. it's great if you can work for a company where all the trades kind of know each other because then it makes it really, really easy, right? Right, right. Yeah. Okay. And I see you do a lot of staining. Yeah, we can do a we like, can do it. Yeah, we do. I was watching it you depends. Yeah. on your story there today, and it was yeah. like, yeah, that's some, some nice stuff that yeah. you're using. What kind of uh, stains is that that you're using there? Well, there's a place in town called Bel Air Industrial Coatings. So that's where I get where all my stains and clears from. It's called AccuStain, that one. It's just a wiping stain. And we put it on by hand like that, get it real clean, and then sometimes that's the color they want but we do samples up and she's picked like a little bit of a darker color on that stuff so we'll go in and tone it in and then clear it with clear lacquer and get it to kind of like furniture big furniture on the walls right so all the pieces we'll do all the shelves and stuff everything everything yeah door fronts yeah and how was it because i know spraying especially lacquers is probably not the easiest thing so how did you start getting into that like did you have somewhere to did you just shoot on some wood and kind of just practice that way well we were learning from a couple guys at a company and so like some of these houses they have uh well you've seen some of some of the staining packages in these houses that's quite expensive wood and lacquer is one of the most durable like top coats you can get so i don't know if it's i think it's like Calgary and Regina are the few places you can spray on-site lacquer that has like VOC compliant like regulations to it, right? So when you're putting like three to five hundred thousand dollars of a trim package in a home, like literally, they want to use lacquer. So we were just always we learned to spray lacquer. When we were learning, the hard stuff to spray was the latex because with lacquer, it's it dries off different than latex. You know, like the guys that taught us, they were always like, you only get a couple strokes with latex. You do one too many, it's going to run. But with lacquer, with the solvents and the retarders and stuff, if you use that stuff, it's a little bit of a different game. But if you're doing like a master closet where it's like 
wall to wall ceiling or floor to ceiling built-ins you need a full face mask you need some air movement and stuff we don't use scrubbers and stuff but we we uh yeah it's a different game for sure 100 percent. yeah and with the lacquers i guess are you moving a little bit quicker like i know some of the videos i watch you do some lacquers it was almost like i was watching like time lapse it just yeah it depends too what it is right like it depends what it is and it depends on the tip i want to use i like to use the 410 the fine finish tips from titan there's they i don't know i just like those ones but i've been dabbling in the 308 a little bit just because of some you know I, I don't like to keep a closed mind like i like instagram so i i was like well you know there's other guys are using this or that well, yeah i gotta try that maybe maybe it'll help for this right but um, yeah, like John's saying there, it, the, the lacquer dries a lot different. So if I put some retarder in it, then it changes the game. But our climate, where we are, we're on one of the driest places on the planet. Like, we're by the Rockies, so our weather's really dry. Really, really dry. So we don't have the problems with the humidity and stuff. Like, the lacquer will dry fast. Like, you see the priming I do? Guys are kind of shocked when I can, like, prime and sand that primer 20 minutes later. Right. To chalk. Right. To chalk, because it's solvent-based primer, right? So, yeah, dries like that. So, so with the lacquer... Really dry, but uh, you also get really cold. It's very... Yeah. But the houses are always nicely heated. In, sla in floor slab heating, you know? Yeah. The luxuries yeah. of life that I don't have in my house. We're in, we're in the, the crazy time of year right now in Toronto. It's like this morning we woke up, it was plus 10 Celsius. And right now it feels like minus 10. So yeah. it's like a 20 yeah. degree, 20 degree yeah. swing. Calgary's the same. Snow and yeah, yeah. I, but you guys start pretty early. Like I think what, sometimes it's end of September, early October, you're starting to get snow. <laughs> Man, wait five minutes in Calgary. Who freaking knows yeah. to tell you the truth? Yeah, we, like, we, we got it early this year. We did definitely get it early with the cold temperatures and everything else, but uh, I'm pretty sure you guys get it pretty good. Yeah, we got we get um, it good. It'll be like, just like you, it'll be like, what, minus 10 one day and a sh Chinook could roll in like overnight and it's like plus five the next morning. And yeah, like literally, well, and you're like, Jesus. All of our snow is starting to go away, so I might get to get that last uh, grass cut in. Yeah, you should do that. <laughs> Fertilize, but, make uh, sure... Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you're pretty big on uh, social media. How has that uh, impacted your business, if at all? Um, well, it's impacted my business more just like now they have this these platforms where you have like an instant portfolio for free, right? So that's kind of what, what I started with. Um, when I first got on to Instagram, I was more into it because like I have a, like a, well, had a band that was going at the time and that was you know and we're younger cats sort of we kind of grew up in that era where things were coming out so we were trying a lot of things so i've been on instagram for a while never really pushed the business side of it too too much um because a lot of my guys were like oh don't give out the secrets don't do this don't do that and i was like yeah yeah, yeah. but the portfolio and i was like oh that's cool what was cool about it is like anybody can be a photographer now with filters and stuff right that's what engaged me i was like well, well, this is really cool. Oh, awesome. But then, like I said, when the market took a turn with the builder we were working for before with this other guy was extremely exclusive. We're not allowed to put pictures on. So there was no point in posting. Um, they didn't like it. If they seen it, they you could get in trouble for it. So we just never did it. 
But then when that slowed down and we started going in different directions, I realized, well, this is a great way to have a portfolio and start getting more work and this and that. And, um, and that's kind of how it went along. And then kind of what happened was I was like, you know what? People are messaging me because they're seeing some of myself. This is weird. All right. You know, I'll put a little informative video up. People kept asking me about that little whip hose. You ever see me use that little whip hose? Yes. yes. So I put that video up in like two days. It had like 30,000 views. So I was like, wow. Oh, okay. People want to learn about this. Cool. So then I started, you know, doing a little bit more homework. I took a course, started learning a little bit more about marketing and sales. And then some people I'm working with now really pushed me to, you know, see that it's okay to sort of market and sell. And this is me trying to say this in a humble way, but like a good product, you know? So, cause I was always like, nah, you know, nah, I'll just keep it to myself. It's more for me. Um, but then it just snowballed and it's like now everything, um, started coming together with people being like, Hey, what are you doing? And then truth be told, honestly, I started getting a lot of the same thing that was like, Hey, you know, I've been trying to ask these questions to some other people online and in the paint community and the paint life world and they never get back to me. So it's like, it's really cool that you're doing this and 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 a, a lot of people were reaching out to me so i felt guilty to just be like well you know i got shit to do so figure it out i had to but this platform is great for that like i wish i would have had this when i was learning to spray so yeah. i have one guy i owe a lot to um his name's sean snap he's from florida and when i first started kind of doing it he he wanted he was just like man like can you mentor me? And I was like, dude, like you're in Florida. But then with the technology nowadays, I'm like, okay, but I'm like, why? And he said, and I, I really respected this, you know, um, he thought I could cut his learning curve and he, he's a sprayer and he's a painter in Florida. He's a kind of a one man show. And he's like, man, like I just, so I started helping him out and doing walkthroughs and kind of critiquing and stuff. And he said like, it changed a lot of stuff for him. So, that's when I was like, okay, I'll start putting more informative videos and see how it works. And then in doing that, business started to roll in with it. People were seeing like, oh, well, I seen you working on this. Oh, like, well, hey, you want to like maybe quote on this or that? And you're... so it has given me business, but it's put me more into a different side of a, a business that I think I can capitalize on, which is helping people and, and maybe teaching a little bit. I don't know. Everybody's a fucking guru now. So it's like... You got to be careful and what you do and what you say. And so I'm just trying to use my inbox as a legitimate way to help people. It's not me coming out here and just being like, I'm the man. It's more just like, uh, you know, he asked me, so here's the information. Right. So that's kind of right. where I've been mostly going with it, but business has been coming with it. It's kind of nice. Okay, cool. And I know a lot of guys actually start starving over the winter. What's your winters like? Are you busy right through or do you have downtime? Or no. is it just what you want to have off? I don't really have much time off. You're always wanting to try and stay busy in the winter. We don't do too much exterior work. We, you know, we're, we do a lot of spraying. So we're trying to get jobs to keep us busy through the winter. I, I've been able to stay busy. So even with the way the economy is going, I've been able to stay busy. 
we always strive to stay busy. I don't, I, if I have guys or contractors, I don't want them to sit. I don't want anyone to sit, you know, yeah. so. How many, and how many employees do you have right now? It ranges. I'm at like three or three or four man crews right now. Four man, four man crew right now. Okay. Yeah. And I think you said your brother started with you. So is he currently still working with you or? He just jumps into stuff. We're kind of like, we kind of get it stuff together. There's not a lot of people that. I can just bring on that can do what we need because it comes right. down to like, I've been doing this for a long time now. So it always becomes this juggle of like, okay, do you have like the five to six workers that you just, you know, that they, they're going hard for you. You can do four or five jobs at a time, you know, but then when you sit down and you relook at it and you look at all your data and you analyze it all, you're like, did I really make more money or should I have just worked a little harder with somebody that maybe was like a little bit more money? You know what I mean? Right, so right. we've kind of gone that way now. Now that the economy is like we're trying to keep it close, we're trying to do as much work as we can and not take on too many people because I, I don't like laying people off. I also yeah, don't want to be like, yeah, yeah, come, and then it's like, well, we're done now, so see you later, right? Yeah, yeah, it's just another reason why I stay small, and I touch on this almost every episode. It's like you stay small. If the demand is there, you can actually kind of pick and choose yeah. where you want to be yeah. and you know, I don't want to be on the road all the time, you know, and then uh, having all these calls to feed. So, I mean, three, four guys, sometimes five or six in the really busy time. Um, because, I mean, if I had 15 guys, I'm going to be on the road all the time. And at the end of the day, I'll probably make the same money. Probably right? would. So, yeah. I like getting in there and, you know, skimming. I mean, I don't know if you saw my story yeah. today, but yeah. we're, on, uh, we're on a nice skim job. I, I end up getting a lot of plaster jobs, a lot. Oh, that's all and right. I kind of went into that myself because... As, as painters, I'm sure you've seen a lot of horrible plastering that you were Terrible. about to prime over, right? Oh, so yeah. it's like, you know, yeah. just just tired of seeing it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to start doing my own. I, I don't like taping, but I mean, when it's an old wall, just to re-skim it and make it perfect. I was like, guys are coming in. They're mudding it ahead of us. And then we end up having to re-mud it anyway. So I'm like, you know what? Forget it. So that's when I kind of started getting into that. And that's almost taken over my painting end. I mean, we will do the painting end as well, but we're doing so much plaster and then paint. That's it's, good. Uh, the popcorn removal is just oh, yeah. gone crazy for me. It's like between that and then like the one today with the old four by two sheets, you know, they start rounding off and filling them all in. It's like, uh, that's my bread and butter. No doubt. So eh? I, I, I pull out the sprayer for like trims here and there. It's like a lot of times, um, the jobs aren't going to be long enough to spend a, a day or two prepping. Yeah. You know what I mean? To get spray. So, I mean, sometimes we'll just bash out the doors and the frames and do a, the odd time the ceilings and then brush and roll the rest of the stuff. Um, but that's, so speaking of spraying, what kind of uh, sprayers do you use? Because I know you're a Titan guy. Yeah, I like, well, I mean, I like Titan because, I don't know, I think Gray Coach has got a bad attitude, at least where I've been, like here. They don't, they're just... I only bought a Titan because uh, I got a really good deal on it. I'm not going to lie. About 80% of my machines are Lemmers. It's a Canadian company. Um, so it's, I don't know. They all get you to the same place. In my opinion, if it's at a certain pressure, a certain PSI, it's really all in that tip. And if you got game, and if you don't got game, then it's a little different. That's all. The tip sizes just come... Like, I always say to people when they ask me, like, oh, you like the 410, why? I'm like, honestly, man, just, like, Google volumes and science and just read into that a little bit. And you might start understand it a little bit, right? Because it's kind of all the same in the end. 
like it's different timing and different passes it's it's you know but you know i like the 410 is all so i use that and mostly lemmers diaphragm like the diaphragm pumps you know like with the hopper have you ever seen the machines yeah, that i use yeah. yeah yeah so i have a few of those but every machine has its place like i got like uh three finish machines for just top coats of lacquer two clear machines for lacquer um one and a half latex machines because my latex machine's dying so i bought a new 540 and then um a primer machine which is a lemmer 3100 uh, i got a binks pressure pot that's what we do all our toning in after we're staining and stuff like that we use a binks pressure pot um and yeah and i'm my favorite gun is that little lx 60 it's like the little mini two finger trigger it's like this big that's the gun i like like i've seen a lot of them like uh titan sent me like a couple rx pros to give away which i'm still gonna do um and i've seen the little the new Graco one um just from i've seen online it's been breaking i'm not just even rubbing that in i've, I've seen it been breaking but I don't even know, man. I like lemmers, so. Yeah, I, I think with the new Graco, I haven't had a chance to use one yet, but, I mean, I've seen the same stuff. Everyone was all pumped and excited for this new gun, and, yeah, I mean, I've heard a couple guys that love them, but I hear more negative than than positive with it's that the, uh, new one. It's people, you I know. I have no problem with my, my stock gun from Graco. I love that thing. You know, I, I think it, it's more in the tip. The contractor? And, is it the contractor? Yeah. Yeah. That's a comfortable gun, though. That's a comfortable gun. I, I'm not getting on it completely. It's just I think that gun is probably better than the new gun, in my opinion. And just with some of the new guns, like, there's stuff on there. It's like sometimes I get I just go crazy because I'm like, guys, guys, why do you have to put all this stuff on this gun? Does it need a hook? Does it need all this? Does it need all that? Like, not really. Like, with what we're doing with the, with the, with the built-in, on-site built-in work, like, if you've just seen in my stories, like, that bar I'm doing with the stain, it's got little square boxes, like, this big. Like, probably 50 of them. Yes, I saw And, that, and yeah. I got a spray in there. And, like, yeah, the carpenters, they're very gracious. They know that. But that's the style that the homeowner wants. That's what she's going to get. So, my little gun works nice in there. I'll probably tip down to, like, a 308, so I'm not just blasting it with a 410. But it's, like, some of the guns, yeah. That's why I like the little one. It's just really compact. I tear my tip guards off. If anybody from Titan's in the room right now, I'm sorry, but I tear that son of a bitch off. I, you know, I watched a video the other day, and I was like, what kind of gun is that? That's what it was. It had no tip. It's just it a no, no People are always like, hey, man, what, like, what do you got on there? And I'm like, man, it's just I just tore the goddamn rubber off, man. Like, well, how does it? I was actually going to. I was gonna actually reply to that story, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna see him tomorrow, anyways. I'll, I'll ask him about it there. But uh, yeah, I know I did notice that. So that actually, how how big are those squares? Well, oh, those ones? Oh man, yeah, the, Th those are probably like. I couldn't even tell you. I'm not very good with that, but they're probably like a Kleenex box. Oh really? Just a little fatter this way, a Kleenex box size. You could probably fit two Kleenex boxes in there, type deal. But I gotta get in there with my little shading gun so it's it becomes tedious it becomes you know what i always tell people when they're like oh we could have done that faster i literally just say we don't get paid to go fast and we don't get paid to take our sweet ass time but we get our time to have it done right properly right have it done the way it should be done so 
it's like there's so many different ways to get there. Like some guys say, there's so many ways to skin a cat, but yeah. So I like to just keep it simple. So that's why I always go back to the Titan, Graco, everything. Lemurs are bare bones, easy to use. Some guys like the AAA. I'm I'm on the fence. I'm like, I don't know. For the fine finishing we do, I just use all airless. HVLP to me is too slow for what we have to do if you're in a shop, maybe. But if I got to do like 40 man doors, like I don't know if you've seen in my last. So I got two custom jobs on the go. I'm doing one that had all walnut man doors. Like the whole house has walnut man doors. I can't spray 40 of those guys with an HVLP. Like right. I'd be there for like a year. So just we use the airless for that. Sometimes we'll use, like I said, just mostly for toning the pressure pot. Yeah. All right. So just going back to that Titan thing. So you're red, Titan. have nothing to do with your Calgary Flames, right? Like I'm blue, and I'll admit to it. It's not because it's great core Titan. No. Because I'm a leaf back. Yeah. I bleed blue, so I'm going to spray with a blue sprayer. Yo, nothing Toronto sucks, Calgary man. Flames. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> it's a <paint> show, man. <laughs> I'm just joking. That's how it is. You know, no, okay. I, 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 uh, I like Calgary. I like hockey. I play myself on Sundays. I'll play shinny and stuff, but yeah, no, it's really, like I said, I'll be completely honest. I always tell people too, it's about this a little bit. If you can make money and get a deal on something like I don't need smoke blown up my butt. Like, it's just like, I'm like, listen, I'm, I need a sprayer. I need it now. Who do I go to? Who's going to help me? That comes down to sales reps. And Titan is very kind. Graco right. wasn't. So I'm not lying. Just the truth of the matter. They just weren't. Yeah. Yeah. So. See, when I, my very first job way back, uh, we did a lot of undergrounds, a lot of rough spraying. And uh, my first boss, he had Graco. Kind of probably why I go that way. But yeah. the last one I picked up was just the uh, 395. And I was open for, you know, a whatever it is, a 400 or a 440, yeah, 440 or, or the something. 395. The 395, they gave me a better deal on yeah. it. Wasn't, I didn't need it for a huge job, so I was like, you know, we go with that. Yeah, for sure. So if they would have gave me a better deal on the 440, I would have went that way. No, definitely. But, uh, Not the same. I just, like I said, I, I grew into it using lemmers. So, and, and there's a, like the lemmers right here, the headquarters is in Calgary for Canada. So like all my servicing and everything, really easy basic it's not overpriced and a lot of the guys i was seeing at the time who were sort of dabbling in the great coast a lot of like electronic components were sort of failing and that was one thing that steered me away from it and i was kind of like yeah like it's cool you got the smart control it's like bluetooth and all this stuff and it's like you can track the gallons and i was like and i was like it's just one more thing to break sort of for me right and yeah like i see some people saying it's like you know, they use both and they're good with both because they'll both get you there, right? Yeah. So just for me, the one thing, the biggest thing for us is just don't mix the machines up. That machine's a finished machine. That machine's a clear machine. That's it. Keep them clean. That's it. Do you ever use the gray coat tips in your Titans? Never. Never. And I never, never use, I never, I never... Oh man, when the H E H A ones came out from Titan, the green ones, the high efficiency ones, I was like, swish that mother fro into the garbage, man. <laughs> it was just, it's, it's like they're saying, oh, I'm gonna, you're gonna save, but it's low pressure. So some guys they'll get the tails. I get this yeah. in my inbox all the time. 
hey man, how come I'm getting like the tails and like, this is a brand new tip, brand new machine, this and that. Most of the time, you know what it is? Guys are always like, don't water your paint down. Well, if you're shooting latex through a 390 and it's a thick product and guys can't figure out why the lines aren't going away in the tip, because the product's too thick. So I'm always like, hey man, I know people think it's cheating, but just water it down a tad and it's going to come out nice. Like paint life, bro, he's like lines in all of it. And I'm like, that's not how the tip works. It's just not. It's got a working pressure to it. So it's got to be, in my opinion, full blast and regulated from there. That's my opinion. Guys are always like, no, no, no. I only go up to about 12, 1300. I'm like, well, I'm like, can you still get the lines? Yep. What about full blast? Yeah, I still get the lines. I'm like, yeah, it's probably the viscosity. And I've learned that a lot through lacquer because you can get these viscosity testers when you're mixing, when you have to thin the lacquer down, right? And you kind of just pick up the lacquer and you time the drips, right? <clears throat> and that matters. It matters. A lot of latex products are thick. So if you're not shooting with like a 540 or like a, what is it, 495 for a Graco or... 690 or something like that like the powerful ones sometimes right. the latex doesn't flow that nice right and then i'm always confused because i'm like oh yeah i'm telling guys oh yeah well i don't have that problem because i i use the lacquer you'll know if it's not coming out properly with the lacquer you'll never get a nice finish the the thinning it down is very important but with latex it's a little different which i could see why the guys would like the fflp because you can get a nice finish kind of no matter what sort of mm -hmm. but for me it's just too it's just too slow just, yeah i'm just so used to the full pressure 410 which a lot of guys are like holy crap 410 i'll use a 412 to prime and stuff you know so i don't know yeah i've seen uh go back to mickey again did you see him with his like 1295 yeah or whatever yeah it was? so and that and just comes down two to of them going two yeah <laughs> That, like in my opinion, <laughs> that's that's a waste of time. That's a that's another swish in the garbage tool for me, man. Like the two nozzles coming out, like come on, come on. Because you notice, quick little thing on that. When you notice, if you really watch it, what's happening is it's like the first one's going, and the so it's like they're both going like this. Let me like this. They're both going like this. But if you just move over like that. And you don't hit that like gap. Mm -hmm. What are you doing with that? You're just kind of like cross hatching on a vertical all the time. If you don't fill in the next gap, that didn't that doesn't make sense to me when I watch it. I'm just like, why don't you just use like a massive 1223 tip like he's saying, which mm -hmm. he does. But that's a totally different game. You know what I mean? Because yeah. those guys are just. Just get in, man. Get in, get out. Guy that I seen really using the double head, where it actually looked like it was working out the way it was supposed to be. Someone was doing some siding. Yeah. And I thought that was great. They had scaffold set up, and they were just walking along, and they're getting, you know, it's a rough coat. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Um, it, it looked like it was pretty good for that exterior job for them, but uh, yeah, I, I get... never tried it. I've never tried to do it. A lot of people message me the rolling one, you know, the guard that you roll on the wall and you spray. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, top line, you should review this. I'm like, I would rather take my money and throw it in the garbage. Like, but, but then when I think of certain scenarios, 
I could probably get it to work in a certain scenario. Everything has its like, place. Uh, a lot of a lot of people, you know, friends on Facebook and stuff, they know I'm painting and they you remember those little gimmick homeowner tools with like a little handle with the pad? And oh the my two god. Wheels on the top so you can cut a straight line. <laughs> I guess it's something similar to that. But I have seen some guys use those things. I would um, use that more for like a polyurethane on a hard wood floor application that's what those bright pads are kind of more for you can't dip that and just think it's gonna cut it like i don't know but hey if people can get away with it and if they're using it and their clients are like you did a good job then all the power to you um what am i supposed to say right because i think some people can probably get away with some crazy shit out there for sure i've seen it man and that's probably the one problem with this platform a little bit is like I'm looking at some of the comments and it's, you know, people are saying like, yeah, there's no, what's the, people are trying to reinvent the wheel. And a lot of these guys aren't even painters. They're just like, man, I could probably invent this tool and make some cake off of it. And then, you know, like certain products where it's like bloop, bloop in your, you know, in your water or whatever. And all of a sudden everything's like all happy. And I'm like, well, I guess. You know, like, have you ever heard of Floetrol? Some guys like to use Floetrol to thin down, like, latex instead of water because it's like, well, water's yeah. going to thin down the color, but it's like, you know, it's just, you just got to know the differences and stuff. So everything has its place. Everything has its place. Yeah. You know, I, I, I remember probably about maybe 20 years ago, one of my uncles picked up a contract as a commercial job. And uh, I won't even talk about brand and what kind of brand it was, but it was a big box store, let's just say that. Um we thinned out the paint, and it, it wasn't a complete thin out. It was literally the cut can that we were thinning out and rolling thin. Yeah. And I will tell you, that sucker had two different colors. You know, and their sales rep came in, and he explained, he's like, listen, if you take a tea bag and you dip it in water, you know, and it's only yeah. this much water yeah. versus this much water, you're, you know what I mean, you're going to get different shades. Yeah, yeah. So got a hard lesson on that. But then there's other brands that, um, you know, over the years we've, Thinned a little bit in the cutting and it and it blends in. Yeah, I usually you know don't I mean? thin so my latex down. I, I never really have to. Yeah, years ago I used to thin it down a little bit, but I don't know when the last time we added anything to it. Nah, Very rare that we I, put anything. I don't have to. And I'm seeing even guys are talking about like some of these other tools, like the brush baggy and some of this other stuff. It's just if people need it and they want it, there's always going to be a market for it, right? So there's it's, it's sales. So. It's hard to not get on some of these guys, but to each their own, I think, you know, it's the platforms, oh man, the platforms changing and it'll change fast. You'll see even yourself, Chris, like just give it another two years and the information will be taking over to a point where you're just like, what the heck that people are going to have to back away from it for a minute, you know? Which is why I do feel like I don't want to stop doing what I'm doing because so many people are asking me for stuff that I'm like, something's wrong. That's what I feel like. And I'm sure a lot of guys are like, dude, give it up. Everyone asks me for help too. I'm like, no, 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 that, that's true. But I just feel like if you have that, it's your responsibility on this platform to help them. That's all. So that's what I mean. Like the information age, you got to just be careful where you get it like me like i didn't have this i learned from probably just like you from huge mistakes yeah so yeah depends so let's talk about some of the tapes that you use because i remember i don't know it was maybe about a month ago 
I believe it was black metal. You're rapping. It was open stairs. Oh, yeah. And you're rapping the steps. And I couldn't wait. I didn't see. I saw some of the finish, but I didn't see it when it was revealed with the tape. And I was like, my God, I hope that tape locks in there for us. Oh, yeah. I know. Was, was that whole step carpeted right around, or did it have some wood on the edges? So that was. So it's open stringer concept with carpet wrapped around the whole step. There isn't the wood strip on the bottom sometimes you see there's a wood strip underneath there was no wood strip just the stringers and we were taking it from an old maple to black stain and clear so we just tight mask on the edges with um, american pg which is an automotive tape actually which i get from that belair coatings i actually think cloverdale has it too but it's just for the lacquer it won't curl so that's very right. important with the lacquer like the regular 3m will curl frog tape usually curls so everything will be okay until i spray the clear on and then it's going to start to curl so we tight mask it with this automotive tape and then you see with the green stuff that's just like a saran wrap i got from like uh, home depot that comes in like a big roll and just like one or two wraps boom it's like right, done, right? and then paper on top of course because with the lacquer it can flake on the poly, so you everything gets a, a wrap of paper around it. Even if you're polying it, right? We still wrap it with paper around the edge. Right. That, that looked like a hell of a lot of uh, prep work. It is. There. So that carpet went stringer to stringer? Stringer to no, stringer. like hardwood in between? Nothing in between. And then okay. people are going and up and down, and yeah, it's, it's, you just have to always constantly be checking it and just check your work all the time with that, really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty wild. It was. Um, it was. It was a big. And one. I thought. I thought that was actually paint. I didn't even realize uh, that it was the lacquer. So the homeowner wanted it like a piano kind of black kind of feel to it, which I don't blame her because it's man, it's really nice. And I wish you guys could feel it because it's like so smooth, like glass smooth. Because that's what the the lacquer is just about. But with doing that, it's like not a lot of people want to pay to have that really stripped down and then when you're working with the veneers like on the stringers you only get so much room so i'm just like okay guys like we can't completely strip this down you're probably not going to want to pay for it so why don't we just go black solid color lacquer no no i like it like this and i don't blame her so we did it that way so you just spray stain it down and then clear coat it buff it clear coat it like five or six times build it up and then, yeah, that's what they got with that. So, so no wiping on that one. We we do wipe it on, yeah. You do wipe we, it. Okay. We apply it, and then we wipe it all clean, and then we just start blacking it out, all gotcha. the way black, yeah. It's just you can see the depth in it. That's all. It's when you put the clear on the black, it's different than black lacquer. And then right. black lacquer, if you don't use like a dark primer, when black lacquer starts to chip and stuff. It just looks like goulash, I think. Because it will chip. People are like, well, it's lacquer. Well, your car paint chips, man. Like, this will chip. It's just the way it is. How, how, uh, how far do you have to travel for work? Not very far sometimes. Like, especially if I'm going, like, out of, out of town, like, because of outskirts. So maybe 20 minutes, half an hour, sometimes 5, 10 minutes. Depends if it's inner city. It's not bad. The commute's not bad. I actually had more of... More of a hassle getting here to, to do this tonight with the rush hour because it's right after work than in the morning, right? That's about, about all, but... Okay, yeah, where are you now? Downtown? 
Well, it's no, I'm not downtown. We call it inner city, but where I'm at, it's very accessible to everywhere around, right? Okay. What's the uh, population there in Calgary now? I think we're at a million, million one, I think. Something like that. Million one. And that's like when I was growing up, there was only 400,000 people here. So it boomed like pretty quick. So it brought in a lot of stuff, but also I think a lot of people might be not leaving, but economies it's different right now with the elections and everything totally different story right i just yeah it's a little bit slow a little bit but i've landed some pretty good contacts and i always say i mean if you try really hard to be really good at what you do then you should be able to stay busy and we've managed some guys have to get laid off but i mean it is what it is yeah right on and so aside from uh you know your lacquers and all your spring that you do is there anything else that you do aside from oh we do it we do it all man we do it all everything we can do all the exteriors we can do faux finishes wallpapering um wall ceilings like growing up on a spray crew walls and ceilings was like a break like oh yeah we can paint some walls and ceilings we'll have to be doing some spraying because a lot of it's all raw mdf and you're sanding it all by hand when you're painting walls and ceilings with a brush and roller, it's not that hard of work compared to like sanding a 10,000 square foot house out with a sanding block, sanding sponges. <laughs> we don't use the Festool stuff, the dustless. We go a different approach with it. We touch it a lot with our hands. Uh, it's right. got to be smooth, real smooth. But um, And because of the detail, it's hard to use a Festool type things with the profile sometimes. But yeah, that's, like I said, we like, that's, a break when we do walls and when we do exteriors that's like a treat you're like a tan and you're like yeah this is awesome yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i like to stay away from the exterior i hate the weather i like being inside in the summer we got the nice ac in the winter yeah. we got the heat there's no delays yeah. with weather it's it might be a little bit late running in because of uh snow i actually have one guy he could be watching. He calls a snow day for like 10 centimeters of snow. He drives a 4x4 four four and he says he can't get out of the driveway. Meanwhile, oh, I got a minivan, God. front wheel drive. I got a mountain of snow from the snow flood that went by and here I am. Although, when I got there, I still bug him. This is like from last winter. When I got there, I couldn't get into the driveway at the, work, at the site because it was on a main road. And we had a wicked storm and a pile of snow that was in front of that driveway. And it was an empty house. And I was like, I have nowhere to stop, right? But, uh, yeah, that, that's the only thing is the weather delays is maybe getting to work. Yeah. But as far as exterior, I couldn't tell you. Aside from front doors and, you know, the odd yeah, uh, yeah. couple little windows here and there, I couldn't tell you when the last time I did a full exterior. It's been a long time. Yeah, I like to just – I don't really like to do, like, stucco and hardy board. That becomes, like, quite a bit of work unless we're really, you know, um, geared up for it. But I like doing, like, tongue and groove, like, soffits, stuff like that, like, really detailed kind of stuff you know fascia boards but yeah we like the inside game we really like doing the custom stuff i just love the detail and i really do so we like to stay on the on the big stuff and, and so basically what you're saying is you have a lot of patience we have a ton of patience um we had a huge flood here and i don't even know what year now it was pretty bad and then we painted this huge house right on the river and they were like two weeks away from getting their keys. Like the lady was already planting her gardens and like they had water up to the main floor. And uh, yeah. the guys were like, do you want to paint it again? And I was like, no, I do not want to paint it again. 
<laughs> I was like, no, man, I can't like do it. Like six years ago or something, right? Yeah. I can't do it yeah. all over again. No. So it can be tedious, but there's a lot of loose ends in the houses we do, right? So it's like a lot. Like what? I think in the house we're in right now, we'll probably have four to 600 pieces on top of everything. All the door fronts, all the shelves. You know, sometimes baseboard depends on who we're working for. There's a lot of spraying to do. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. What was the uh, the wall that you were doing the other day? I never uh, figured out if it, was it in a house or was it a restaurant? I think it was just yesterday. It looked like uh, a white wall with a couple boxes on it. White wall. Oh yeah. So a friend of mine's opening up a small retail store here, and those are like MDF panels that you can buy that um have different designs on them and stuff like that so yeah he put some honeycombs in it's like a feature wall in his retail shop so i just that's what i was spraying yeah we just used like an ecologic yeah yyc uh, green spot it's called um so yeah it's pretty cool yeah yeah right, uh, cool... What, what, what does he have there oh it's a pot shop man uh the legal weed in canada right so yeah that's uh yeah so i mean cool though like they're pretty fancy you think like you'd walk in there you're like wow yeah marijuana is coming I, up in the world i uh was doing a job out in ajax i don't know tail end of the summertime and they had one of those pot shops out in ajax so i thought you know let's just go in and you know something new i want to see what this is like swear to god i thought i was in the apple store <laughs> Exactly <laughs> like being in the Apple Store. This place was huge, high ceilings, and there was like countertops. Oh yeah. And every countertop had an iPad in front of it with a little container, some holes in it, so you can smell the yep. blood. There's a magnifying yeah, glass. Yeah, the magnifying glass. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was just like, wow, this is like some yeah. futuristic stuff going on here. Yeah, it's but, changing uh, a lot. It's it's become one of a one of the bigger you know opportunities, investments. People are people are doing it so. We'll see. I mean, that's one. And and Buddy's store is it's really nice. It's really nice. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that was cool. It was a cool feature wall that he was doing. Yeah. So. Yeah, it looked it looked like it was uh, pretty good. I can't see the screen here. My comments look like they froze. I don't know if anyone has any questions for you. Well, make sure we don't time out. I think we got about ten minutes before we time out. So if we're okay. not done and you want to continue, we'll just have to. Uh, restart here. Let's see if I can oh yeah, there's some guys that are saying some stuff. Oh, talking about the band, the Lemmings. No, no, it's the Lost Lemons. The Lost Lemons. Todd Broski. There's a lot of people in here right now. What's up, everybody? Man, Dater, Scott, Elite. Cool. Yeah, no, there's lots of stuff going down for sure. Oh, Canada, whapping with Joe. <laughs> I yeah. think that guy does uh, movie sets or something. Oh, cool. I knew a guy that do that too. Yeah, he, they would set up and build like complete sets. Yeah. Yeah. I, I watched a couple of his stories. I haven't spoken to him, but I'm pretty sure that's uh, what he's up to. Um, what about Dazzling Dave? I can, think I can see him there. He's a uh, the spray guy. We got the sprayer on here, Dave. Yeah. I want to ask him. Well, actually, he's maintaining his machines. Or well, not? here's the thing. I'm going to have him. I'm doing the podcast, right? So I'm going to have him on and we're going to talk machines. We're going to talk some, some tool talk and like actually some paint tool talk, not just like throwing around PP swinging like, Hey, I'm a tool jockey. No, like talk about some stuff people can like bite on. Cause that's what 
I think we really need, and Dave's the perfect guy to do it. It doesn't matter if it what's the name, it's how to get there. And he, uh, yeah, I watch his stuff and he posts some stuff. I'm just like, the gun, he, did you see the gun he posted the other day? You couldn't even barely see like the trigger, it looked like somebody just dipped it in drywall mud. And I was like, dude, is that like drywall? Like, is it level five gun? He's like, no, it's a, it's a gun, a paint. Like, this painter is just like filthy. I'm like, dude. So the stuff he sees, man, you're only as good as your tools, you know. Yeah, so. yeah for sure. I, I can't remember what it was. A couple weeks ago, he pulled, pulled something apart, and I couldn't believe the inside. Oh, man. It looked the same way. It looked Crazy. like it was just drywall compound. It looked like someone used it to oh, spray yeah. mud. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? But, if, uh, if, uh, if I had the time and not so many machines, I probably would service my own machines. You know, it's always good to know really about what you're using, but... I just don't have the time. If one craps out, it's like, all right, put the next one in, you know, get that one fixed. So you send them in for service? Yeah, I send them in for service. Just saves me time and production's got to go. And honestly, too, like, it's funny because, guys, like, to clean your tip properly, you're technically supposed to spray it out with, like, water or thinner, whatever it may be. But I said to the guy in Lemmer, I'm like, dude, you know, that doesn't work. Like, I'm going to be spraying primer in this 10,000-square-foot house for, like, the next three days. So, like, tomorrow, I'm not going to run my machine all through with thinner, clean my tip. So we leave a lot of our machines in. And then when we change colors, that's when it gets a good clean, right? But, like, my primer machine, I'll just clean it every now and then, but it stays in primer. You know, we keep the line clean, we keep the filters clean, because it would just be not practical to clean it all the time with the solvents. So, yeah, we keep it a lot of them like that. So you pack up for the night and leave it in your line, or you? We leave it in the line. We leave the everything on site. Yeah, and if we're worried about say something drying out, then, um, yeah, we should. <laughs> I'm just reading one of these comments here. I. Uh, um, yeah, we just leave it all in there. And then when if we're storing it for, like, say, if we're taking a holiday, we'll leave thinners and water in it. The latex machine always gets cleaned. Always. The latex machine always gets cleaned. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And then, uh, and then of course, with our cold weather, it gets a little bit of antifreeze in there, too, right? Because I'm sure you know, you leave a latex machine in minus freaking 20, it's kaputs, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? That's it. That's why mine, uh, when I do pull it out, comes down uh, I don't even bring it to the shop just comes home and comes inside yeah the basement. mostly mine do too yeah. yeah yeah I've had them go a couple times for sure for sure yeah. yeah like even with mine I mean obviously a lot of us are spraying but uh, the latex dries so bloody fast on the oh, tips yeah. oh yeah you know what I mean so if you're just as throw water through it just in that little hole there's always yep. that i always have yep. this little tiny almost like a, i don't want to call it a wire brush because it's soft yeah yeah you can buy the little cleaning brushes see that's why i ripped that guard off though because when you're doing like the boxes and built-ins it's like when you come to that box the back that's like right in front of you when you're spraying it eventually if you kind of look in the light you'll see spit marks sometimes and when you look at the the like the tip and the front of the guard it's just caked so when you're doing like a huge built-in i always have to clean it out and clean it out so i just started taking them off my one guy he hates it he's like dude I, I can't use it when it's like this it's very dangerous i'm like dude this is a high pressured machine man this is dangerous period ha 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 but it's more like 
if you're careful with it, you're always checking your before you shoot to the ground. You know what I mean? I like to take it off because it won't it won't gunk up. I can keep it clean, and uh, that's what I like. Oh, my mom's in here. Hey, mom. Hey, mom. Hey, mom. <laughs> What the, like, what do you normally get out of, like, a regular latex tip? What kind of, how long do you figure those last you? Oh, man, see, I, I don't track it, and I don't know, because, so let's talk about this for a minute now. I don't Dennis, paint. Do you want to, do you want to shut down and fire up before we get cut off? Sure. Should we do an intermission? I, Is anyone making I, popcorn? Yeah, give it, give it, uh, one minute, yep. and then we'll fire right back up because I think we have like two minutes left. Okay, let's so do we'll, it. I'll, I'll fire this back up in two minutes, and then we'll just get going again. All right. Okay, cool. See you in a second. Okay, bye. All right, there we go. Sorry, man. I didn't want to cut oh, you off. Oh, that's You are saying. Do you remember where you are at? You are saying, let's talk about this. Oh, yeah. I was going to say about, uh, oh, about measuring the gallons and the tips and stuff like that. Idaho Painter puts a lot of, of tips on that and saying, like, you know, they're done at 20, 30 gallons, but so I put my IGTV video on the tips because like I said, it's about volume. So like even a 308 tip worn out is still some sort of tip down the line. So it's like, I know there's a ton of guys out there, especially exterior guys who are going to keep using these tips. I'm sorry. That's where it comes down to the marketing side. It's like, dude, I know you might have to push that so people buy more tips. But really, if you know what you're doing, if a tip's completely screwed, it's screwed. Throw it in the garbage. But I can't really tell you how long. I have tips right now in my tip can that have probably been in there for over 10 years. And I can take that baby and put it in and use it. But I'm just like, eh, I'm kind of used to this now. So it depends. It, it depends, right? So I don't know. Like I say, some guys say like uh, 30, 40 gallons. But like... Yeah, my brother's in here right now, too. And I think my wifey's in here, too. I got the whole family in here right now. <laughs> what up, yos? But you can hear it. Oh, yeah, there's my wife right there. But you can hear it. And it'll change It'll change shapes. It'll start to do this. Or it'll just be like, you know, it'll be all screwed. So, and he was also saying that guys shouldn't have headphones in and yada, yada. And he's right about that. You can hear it. Especially with the lacquer. I can just be like, and I'll be like, Oh, it needs more thinner, you know, because I don't like to completely do all the measurements because sometimes when I'm using light colors, I don't want to over thin it because then I'm like, oh, man, because lacquer doesn't cover very well. So it's all in the feel. Lacquers or springs, a different game, in my opinion. I think a lot of guys and this is nothing against anyone, guys or girls. I think a lot of people can easily learn how to swing a brush. But I think spraying's something a little bit different. You kind of have to have a little bit of some sort of artistic creativeness, sort of. I see some guys try and they're like so stiff and you're like, hey, just relax a little. Like, don't worry. But some can't shake that. So there's a lot to it. A, a lot of guys message me for that too. Like, hey, it's not coming out like properly like this or that. What would you do? What do you think? Like a, a guy today, hey, I have fish eyes. Why do you think? And I'm like, dude. So I start going down the, like, like it could be this, 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 this. So, so many variables, right? <clears throat> Which is why everyone, everything has its place, right? 
I uh, I think I still have my low budget big box Titan. I think I still have the original tip from that. What's that mean? And you I probably don't could remember what it is. You probably could work it on something. Yeah, we only, we don't really spray paint with that. That's like we're spraying. I did spray paint with it in the beginning, rough spray. Right. But uh, we more or less use that one now. If we're doing like uh, unpainted popcorn removal, we use that to wet it down. So that's the tip that I'm going to. I can't remember what tip it is. I think it was black. Oh wow! Yeah, I don't know. That's that's a great great or is it tip. Red? No, no, it's a Titan tip. It's, a, it's, it's probably a red, red one then. It's probably a red yeah. one then. Yeah. It's probably I, just I have so their... many guards, and I need to get one of those tip saver things. Yeah. Because I got so many guards and tips, and they're all like in a little oh, bucket. Man. And because I have the great coal, and and I don't do a lot of spray, so I will grab the guard and I'm like trying to put it on. It's like what the? It won't work. Yeah. Oh, it's because it's the great coal guard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I don't think they can go together, can they? Um, no, it depends. Because <laughs> most, I was just talking with Mickey about this because I had a yellow housing on my one gun in my one video and he was like oh you got the tip guard on there are you crazy oh you usually don't have it on there and i was like yeah yeah and also i had a Graco housing on there with my titan tip he's like no nah, man that wasn't a Graco housing and i was like you know what he's right because my tip fit in the Graco tips have like a square notch on the back side of the tip sort of right so it'll only fit in a Graco tip guard mm -hmm. from what i found but i mean i don't I don't really know. I'd have to dig all those out of the garbage if I wanted to try them. Yeah. Did Dave shoot you a question there? I think I see his name there last. Unideco Welcome. Shout out your first name. Uh, yes, Unideco Welcome. What's up, Unideco? Unideco's big-time homeboy of mine from Calgary, too. There's a lot of people in here right now. Dazzling Dave, Todd, everybody, man. My mom. Hi, Mommy. Steady line. Marvin Top, Dater. Yeah, yeah, people love your show, Chris, man. Warm it up, Chris. Yeah. Painter's one of my favorite guys that happy, Great guy. happy painter. Great guy, yeah. Guy. Great guy. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's it's it's cool, you know. It's a community out there now and it's For sure. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I I mean, I don't want to sound like a broken record on every episode, but I mean, even for me, you know, I was always in that small box do things the way that I knew and I never really you know, every now and then you would make slight changes as you kind of trial and error. But seeing the way that some guys are doing things on there, it's like, shit, I changed a lot of my yeah, routine. Yeah, From the prep to the actual finishes, like a lot, you know. Um, well, so, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's, it's all what you can do to make your system better, you know. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people probably, actually, you know what, little sidebar on that. When I first started trying to get more work, I would lose a ton of work because people would see the high-end stuff and they'd be like, dude, like we don't need that. So we've evolved to go backwards a little bit. But it's not really backwards because every every system has its place, you know what I mean? But we had to learn how to to evolve to different systems in different ways or else we would never get any work because people are like, you're too expensive. We don't need it that fancy. I just need a repaint or whatever it might be. And you're like... So it really comes down to so many variables. That's what I tell people all the time, like all the time, right? For sure, for sure. Uh, any advice? Oh man, on for what? Anybody? On what? Man, that could get. Ugh. You know, I think. Well, that's why I'm doing the podcast because I'm trying to use that as a funnel to be able to give advice without sounding like a big shot. Because I think that this platform right now is kind of. It's a little 
it's a little rough right now. You know, I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to be a Richard. Yeah. Don't be a Richard like the right painters say, <laughs> but I don't, I just, you know, if people want help, great. But if you're going to use this platform, I guess have some thick skin and then decide what you want to do. So I guess for Instagram and for, for painting for your company, my advice for that side of stuff would be decide on what you want to do with it. What kind of Instagrammer do you want to be? Because there are different levels. Believe me, there's an etiquette. There's everything, I think. So if you think you can get, use it to get more business, hype up your portfolio. Your feed that you see when you go to somebody's page, that's your portfolio. That's free. You know, you don't need to have a website anymore if you don't want to. And some of the podcast material is going to be on that. You know, do you still need a business card? Do you still need these things? Depends on what you're doing, right? There's so many systems. But it's use the platform properly. Um, that would be my advice for that. My advice for business would be do not get out there without knowing your worth and your skill. I find a lot of guys, especially now with this instant information, everybody now is can do it now. Man, I've been making mistakes for over 10 years and I'm still learning. So sometimes when guys message me and they, they don't even say hello, they're just like, how would you do this? And then I'm like, dude, like I give them the information. They don't even say, okay, bye. Just like, dude, that cost me a lot of money to figure that knowledge out. So it's like, I'm telling people don't do that completely. If I can help you, awesome. But on the other hand, you got to burn to learn. So it's pick your battles know where you stand so you're not making huge mistakes huge huge costly mistakes because that's what i see a lot of guys they get burned they can't stay alive you know because it's they're just like oh i didn't i didn't uh, i didn't price that properly or i'm moving too slow or i'm this or i'm that and um i get a lot on that too guys are always like how do i know if i'm charging enough and i can't and I can't give people that answer usually because it comes down to them. Like, well, what do you think you're worth? What do you think you can make? What do you think you can provide to somebody of value? And then does your number add up to that? That's pretty simple, you know? So, like, best advice, don't, don't be closed-minded. Learn all the time. Get really good at what you do. Really good. Like I said, it took me this year of Instagramming of actually engaging with people before I was like, okay, I'll try and teach people because if you come out the gates wrong, nobody's going to believe you. So I worked on my portfolio. I worked on getting the company, getting the good work, killing the good work, all the while trying to push the competition out by doing good work and learning along the way. You're learning all the time. What's the competition like out there? Like, is there a lot of oh. companies doing the higher end stuff? Oh man, it's you know what it is, and you know, I can see sort of people coming in the room. So it's listen, it, people got to be real. They just got to be real. Um, there's a lot of builders or GCs or guys. People are doing stuff for like fifty percent less, man. And you're like, how is that even possible? 
because it's like there's not really any rules that apply to like, hey man, like if I wanted to rip this guy off, I really could. Are you still there? Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened there. You know, so it's it's guys are they're becoming desperate maybe because they need the work. Um, maybe they're trying to get into good contracts and um, and people can take advantage of that. So the competition becomes very like, it's crazy. You can be going up against three, four people. That's why my company always strives to be some of the best. And if the if people are like, well, what makes you better than that guy? Because he's like 15K less. I'm like, well, for one, we're 150% punctual because we're in a little bit of a melting pot and my families are immigrants. There's nothing against that, but like that's a big thing. Punctuality, customer service, 100% customer service. That's like almost gone nowadays. Like even when you go to like McDonald's or something, it's like, dude, it's like, so we strive for that 100% because that's what's going to keep you busy. And hopefully if you stay on course, then slowly you might be able to weed out the competition. I just had lunch with some Sherwin-Williams reps, and the guy was like, dude, people have been saying that for 20 years, and it hasn't changed. I said, well, you know what? Now with like these platforms, if you have the right information, and people, are people they don't have to hire now. They go and learn it themselves. But if I can help painters get better, they're going to realize... I don't want to charge less. I want to charge more because I'm worth more. And then the clients are going to be forced to be like, yeah, you know what? We're getting a good job. They can shop around, but eventually, hopefully, that will sort of fade. So we just try and hold on tight when it's like this because there's nothing we can do. If the competition's going to, if, guy, if a guy wants it for 50% less, he's going to take it whether you're better or not. Yeah. So what we did was we just started being like, you know what, if Buddy said he was going to do it for that, I know we can blow his crew out of the water. Okay, we'll do it for that. And then when he's like, oh, damn, like, you're right, you blew him out of the water, I'd be like, yeah, like, we need a little bit more next time, and now you can see why. And sometimes that's how you have to go about it. Because if you just try and get angry and be like, yo, man, that guy's garbage, you don't want to trash your competition either. It doesn't look yeah. very professional. That's how I think it needs to be changed. Our trade's getting trashed. 100%, man. Like, I was just talking to this about a guy. He posted a video again with the frog, the silicone on the frog tape. Again. These guys aren't even really painters. They do renovations. So I'm just like, why do we keep regurgitating the same information over and over and over again? You know, it's like, because people just are in it for the wrong things. You know? So I, I saw a video. I didn't get what was going on there. I never had the audio on, but I saw a few different videos with that caulking the uh, edge of the frog tape. Um, there, there's I, systems for everything. Like I said, I can't knock it, but I just want to be like, the science was in the frog tape. Or even if it was developed in Japan, the Wakashi paper with the edge lock technology, wherever it was. It's like, that's why they did that. Because guys were probably siliconing their tape before and they're like let's come up with this okay so why are you still doing it let's like and then you're feeding it to people and people are turning around and they're teaching it and using it and wondering why they're not successful and then you're kind of like mm -hmm. well you know and then people are like well hey man it works this guy does it i'm like well i'd hate to tell you this but 
People do stuff wrong for over 20 years all the time. Sometimes people are doing stuff wrong their whole career and they, they don't really know it. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's more just like, come on, like we're supposed to evolve here and we're still going backwards, it seems like, right? Right, right. So it's, you know, it's, so my point to all that is that's what's happening. It's like, we have to be careful, very careful because that's what's, guys are jumping into this trade. I call them Home Depot painters because you can literally set up to be a home, like a painter, 300 bucks. You can be painting walls and ceilings tomorrow with no tape. And there's com- and there's companies out there that are pushing that. You know, we can paint your house in a day. Like, no, you can't. Like, yes, we can. And then it's like, well, maybe two days. And you've already signed the contract. So actually, we're going to be three days. You're like, yo, what happened to you uh, doing it in a day? Wow. And you're like, and then you're like, dude, and then they come in and they do it and they wonder why people are like kind of sour to pay different prices for stuff because you're like, well, man, you're ruining it for people here. You're ruining it for the whole of us. So it's just marketing. That's why we yeah. have to be careful. Marketing. I, is- uh, I, I know all about those price things. Like some, I, I don't, a lot of my stuff is referral. So, I mean, a Me lot too. of times I'm more than reasonable with my people. So unless it's a cold lead, um, I don't really have to barter on price too much. But example, I gave a lady a couple weeks ago a price for whatever it was, six grand. And she followed up with me the next day and said, I had a guy for 3000 bucks. And I'm thinking, $3,000. So there's 1500 in material. He's going to be there. So the only thing I could think of is this must have been a guy that recently went out on his own that was used to making, you know, 800 to 1000 bucks a week working for a man. Um, and he was going to make a couple extra bucks. But I find that happening more and more and more on these cold leads. Like prices are coming down. Everything else is going up. Yeah. You can't even, I mean, if you're a renter in Toronto, you're not getting much for under two grand. You can't even find a basement apartment for under 1500 bucks for the most yeah. part. So that's you know what's tough though. Cause, cause you can't blame guys either. Cause everyone needs to work. So that's what I'll for say sure. a lot of the times. Like, Hey man, everyone needs to work. So if he needs it, then he can have it. But you're really just shooting yourself in the foot when you're doing that. Cause like I always tell a lot of people, if you go back to the basics, there's three things I tell them. There's your estimate, your price, and then your cost. And of course people always want the estimate, but you always, what whatever the price is, is what you're going to get. And then when you do the cost and you see like, oh man, all that's got to make sense. So when guys are just like, you know what? I need this job. Uh, I'll do it for three grand. And then in the end of it, they're like, and it's kind of like that homeowner is now put in sort of a position where they're kind of like, huh, well, what if I would have just spent like 3800 And you're like, yeah, what if you would have? So that's why we have the price packaging too because not everybody wants to spend four grand. Maybe they want to spend thirty five. Okay, here you go, right? But it's knowing how to do that. So, and here's another thing. The platform's creating an avenue for people to do this and people are kind of believing this shite. You know, it's like now you have like, oh, we can help you close the sale. We can do this. We can do that. Now you've got guys who aren't really hands-on, but they're quoting and selling the jobs. And this is, if there's anybody in the room that does this, I'm not trashing it. I'm just saying that if problems occur, to learn and weed out all of the bad in that takes time. So it's like, that's why I keep saying like, guys, we shouldn't be jumping the gun here. 
know your craft. It's like this, the best music producers on the planet are some of the best musicians by far. So I find it so crazy that guys who are like really aren't on the tools are really like going out and trying to like create sales and painting and they're trying to pitch it to people and they're trying to get the sale. But I'm kind of like, then they come in, it's like, well, this guy did this because, well, we didn't, we weren't on the same page there for a minute. Well, it's kind of like, well, it's kind of hard, right? And then these companies are popping up everywhere and they can kind of put other companies out because however they do it, whether it's cost or they're blowing guys out of the water with labor and they're doing one coat or whatever, I have no idea, but it's bad. It's bad for the whole trade. So that's what makes me nervous about some of those companies. There's companies here like, here like that. I talk about it on my podcast because... You know, I was looking for subcontract work. I met with a guy. He worked for a company. So he's like, okay, this is how much it's going to be. This is how we rock it. This is what the job's worth. I'm like, oh, you're, you're going to tell me. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We tell, you, we tell you what it's worth. And then you go in and see how fast you can do it if you can make money off it. I said, okay. Um, so when at the end, when somebody walks through it, who's making the call, whether it's good or not? He's like, oh, I am. I'm like, right on, dude. Like, so how long have you been paying for? What's the deal? He's like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. I'm, I, I'm a businessman. I don't paint. I'm like, and you're going to tell me what's good or bad in here after you tell me the price? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, man, sorry, dude. Like, that's not going to work for me, you know. I don't get that. I just don't get it. But it's company-based. It's marketing. It's sales. It's all that stuff, right? And those companies, yeah. they thrive, and they can make money doing that. It's a tough yeah, one. Yeah, I get I. I get quite a few companies uh, that are popping up that call me and they say, hey, we got all kinds of jobs, you know, just all we need is your time. And it's like, no, thank you. You know what I get a lot, uh, especially through Instagram, a lot of guys are like, hey, do you need help quoting jobs? Use our program and we can quote these jobs for you. And I'm like, dude, when I quote a house, like a 6,000 square foot house, there's so many details. How are you going to quote that for me? And you're in like Illinois. Like, how are you going to quote that for me and then get me more customers off that? I don't get it. And they never email me back because I'm like, well, dude, how is that going to work? Never hear from them again. I'm like, come on, man. Like, why are we jumping the gun? So I think it's hurting our trade. I I really do. I really do. Guys want to learn, but they need to learn the right way and do it the right way. And I don't think that's wrong. I think every industry needs that. I think at least here, like, I don't have a ticket. I learned from years of experience, which depending on who you talk to now is like, I don't know. I don't want to say education is like shunned upon, but some people believe that like the hands-on experience is like a lot more. The experience you're going to get through life is really going to take you there. I'm not saying go to school, finish all that, but you know, people go to school for like six years. They come out and they expect these jobs. They have no experience. You know, working for a big commercial company here, it, Chris, it made me so mad. Huge building company. I'm not going to name it, you know. It, it kind of rhymed with Paris Gong, okay? I don't know if you know who that is. But either way, <laughs> the guy at the top is younger than me, and all he does is get to wear his hard, white hard hat, his vest, and everything. But when you're like, well, hey, man, it's like this, this, and this, he's kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, dude, you have no idea about my part of this, do you? They have no idea, but they come out of school and they get this job. And I'm kind of like, well, 
how's that fair, man? If you can't do what I do, why should you be supervising all these guys? And then blaming us when it's like, it's not right. It's like, dude, you said it was okay. So I think it's the same thing with the paint trade. It's like, I see a lot of people on Instagram now, they can just push on Instagram and have this whole, like, if you're a ticketed, like an electrician or a plumber, you need a ticket. So they can't just really do that. You don't see a lot of guys on here that are just like, I'm an electrician, I'm going on my own because there's a lot of like liabilities with that. They have to have certain tickets. Painters have to have tickets, but at least where I am here, I didn't need a ticket and I paint mansions, award-winning homes, My just through my experience. But I feel like if there was the need for that a little bit, like, listen, you got to do this. You know, if builders were more like NGCs, like you kind of need this. It would kind of even out the playing field. Of course, this guy who's a one-man show can go and charge 800 bucks to paint these rooms. When I have a company, I can't really do that. Right. It's just logistics. It's, so I'm like, yeah, let him have it. He, he can do it for sure. It's hard, right? So it's give and take, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's super weird. Like, I don't know. It's probably a provincial thing. But even here, it's like you buy a master business license. That's it. It's, you go downtown, you pay your money, you open your company, and that's it. You got your that's HST it. number, your, your tax number, and your company Where number. You and I think, uh, you know, I'm all for getting a ticket, going to do a course, proving that yeah. I know what yeah. I know. You know what I mean? If it's going to weed out some of the, you know, guys that are yeah. creating the disasters that we walk into sometimes. However, I don't think it's going to clean everything up because uh, there's still a place i don't know you guys have kijiji out there yeah similar to yeah. similar to the craigslist yeah, music yeah. kijiji i mean there's always going to be guys on there that will say they can paint a room for 60 bucks 100 bucks 120 bucks you know what i mean um and then nobody so. and because some guys are doing different things like i used to get a lot of heat on dude uh, on guys being like how do you like how can you make any money using frog tape I'm like, well, what do you mean, man? It's like, it's going to save you on this end. But some guys don't use tape at all, and that's fine. My, oh, yeah, we were talking about this, too. You started using frog tape, right? Some guys still don't. Yeah. They cut it all by hand. Amen. All the power to you. That's fine. But it's like, I just went and got a really good price for my rep on frog tape, you know? Because, like, yeah. it's just different systems, right? Just different systems. That's it's, all it I is. Was, I was stubborn. I was stubborn. It's like I was always freehand, and it was like I would literally get into arguments with people yeah. about cutting a straight line and using tape, and it's like I've done a 360 yep, yep. and then a 180. Well, it's I'm like, seeing like in the in the comments, it's like some guys are like, I don't use tape. It saves costs. So for that guy, he could be absolutely right. He could do all his numbers. He could do that cost, like I'm saying, and be like, you know what? We're getting... We're, we're getting clean jobs done. We're getting paid. No one's complaining. Okay, this works for us. But for us with the bigger home, we kind of look to the the longer run is where we save the time. You know what I mean? Like we won't, we'll be less cleaning, less this, less that, less pickiness because some of the lines have to be like, you know how it is. Some people pay a lot of for money sure. for stuff. It's like yeah. that's got to be. So we were picky too. When we do a feature wall, the lines on the side, Cutting that by hand, man. No way. I got the crispest cut line. I'm like, dude, you don't have a crispier line than the edge of a freaking roll of tape. Yeah. So we started taping them. When frog tape came, frog tape came out with the yellow sensitive, beautiful. Yeah. I tape them now. They're lasers. 
So I'm like, well, yeah, I can cut it, and I don't do I have to swing my brush around? Like, no, it's like if and if a guy's like, no, man, I got this, bam. Okay, awesome, awesome. Yeah, but I tape a yeah, lot of it's, stuff. It's, it's one of those things where if, if you're gonna say you're not using tape because, of, and this is just my opinion, right? If you're gonna say that you're not using tape because of cost, charge more. Um, yeah, you know this this place this place oh. that we're doing now, we're we're laying out anchor paper, so we always use just regular masking tape on the seams, you know, and this paper sometimes is down for two weeks. So eventually that tape with oh, all yeah. the dust and everything else going on, it starts lifting up. Yeah, yep. buddy, I'm now rolling out tuck tape. You know how expensive tuck tape is? I'm not worried of the cost. I want that crap exactly. to stay down exactly. and stay put. Yeah. You know what I mean? So again, now they have the blue frog tape, the contract yeah, series. Absolutely. So we're not paying 10, 12 bucks a roll anymore. Yeah. You can get it for, I don't know, maybe just over 20 bucks for a four pack. Yeah. I'm going to leave that project. And it's, it's not a huge one, but it's a decent size. And we're going to go through quite a bit of tape. I'm going to probably leave with a roll and a half out of that four pack. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if yeah. a gallon of paint, on, you know, depending on what you use on average is 50, 60 bucks. Why are you worried about a four pack of tape at $25, let's say? Because it comes you know I mean? down to value. You said it. Like you and me and maybe that other guy, we might all have different values, right? On what what we see as like valuable. So, and that's another podcast, guys. Remember, Real Paint Talks with PSC. You're going to be able to hear all this because this is the stuff that I started taking notes and being like, this is good content because this is the stuff that's true. Because you see it online. Guys are always squabbling. Oh, man, I can cut way better than you can tape. And it's like, well, I can do this. It's like, well, I can do that. And it's like, okay, fine but it's more just like what do you value i don't value you know cleaning baseboards i i would rather get it done now make the mess now clean it all up like you're saying my tapes are staying for the long haul i'm a six of one half a dozen of the other kind of guy so people are always like hey man i got this job what do you think i should do a uh, brush and roll or should i tape it all off i'm like well it's kind of this or that you spend three days taping and then a day or two spraying, or you spend six days painting it with a brush, your call, man. Like, you know, what's the finish? What are you charging? What does the homeowner want? What's your caliber? Do you care? Like, if it's a splash and dash, if it's like a, so many variables, right? But some guys might just be like, whatever, we're doing it like this. Perfect. You get paid? Get paid. It's about that, man. That's why I can't, I can't get on people, even Idaho. I can't really get on them because it's like everybody's got to get paid somehow. It's all about how you do it, though. Ethics, right? So I can't, I can't do it. I can't leave people with spits on their baseboards, even though I know they're not going to see it. Spits on their floors. I can't do it, man. I just can't. And then that puts us here, which then it's like the best batters don't swing at every pitch. So if someone comes in and they're like, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm over here. I got two walls. I'm like, hey, man, like this is a pretty good company. There you go. Sorry. Because then I get to stay here. And then it's like I can either go this way on my terms when I'm like, yeah. Or I go this way when I'm like, yeah, I'm a little bit slower. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I get to choose because then I put myself into place. That comes down to leverage, though. Anybody in here right now, there's 30 people in here. If you want to grow, Chris, I'm sure you know leverage you need bank roll you just do so i worked hard did as best as i could so i could stay here 
So I wouldn't have to drop my price if I was like, man, I really need this job. Nope, I'm okay for now. I can maybe sit, but I'm not going to just be like, okay, I'll do it for this. Because I want, that's my worth. So yeah, for me for sure. to do that, it's like create a bankroll, guys. Because then you have leverage, you have play. When people are like, oh, I want to, uh, you know, like, no, I'm going to do it for this. It's like, let them have it. That's, so that's my other piece of advice to people. Get a bankroll. If you're really interested in growing your company, bankroll all day. And be smart about it because, like, I don't know how it works for some people. Um, but, you know, if you don't get paid for 30 days, you got to be sure that that person's still going to pay you. So you got to build relationships with people, you know. It can be risky. It can be very risky. Oh, I'm losing you a little bit. Still there? Yeah, there we go. Are you back? We back. Yeah, I can't see. Oh, there you go. Yeah, no. So, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah it's good. just really, really, really risky. And it's like, yeah, Scott Pro saying and some other people, it's just save your money. If you're interested in growing your company, then the best thing to do is invest it back into your company. I'm sure any smart business person would kind of know that, you know, and better yourself. Uh, take courses like, I almost took too many courses. I'm in like three courses right now. So now I'm like over busy and now I have a lot of work. So, but you know, I, I take courses. I took a social media course. I'm an interior design course right now. Anything that can better the company. So when I have that leverage, I can offer more services. But without that and without that time, you're, you're not going to do it. So you might have to, it's a slow haul. As you probably know, right? It takes time. Everything takes time. For sure. It takes time. That's, that's one thing I actually got to do too is uh, back in the day when people would go halfway up in the early 2000s, they were going like halfway up with wallpaper and then putting a, a border, you know what I mean? Almost acting like a wainscoting. So no matching, nothing like that. I couldn't tell you how to do the drops and measure wallpaper and everything else. That's actually something I was telling my wife a couple weeks ago. I need to find somewhere because I'm declining wallpaper jobs like crazy. And I yep. know there's money. In, in, uh, in wallpaper. There is. So I'm actually going to be looking into a place where I can actually teach myself something uh, or have somebody teach me. Yeah, and, and that's all you need. And, or or find somebody, like, implement a system. Oh, it's a little choppy. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah. All right. Is your video caught up here? Yours is just a little choppy. Mine seems okay, but... I see like I see yours is choppy. Oh yeah, it's probably and just I can hear you, so we're okay. Good. We're good. Yeah, no, it's just um like another thing I always say if if you're not good at something 100% yourself, um I'm not the best at everything by any means. Like even my wallpapering, I wouldn't call myself a wallpaper. If I had massive wallpaper jobs, I would probably look for help. You know, I f really concentrate on my strength, which is really spraying and running these jobs and painting mansions efficiently. That really is what our strength is which is a sales pitch to people because like, well, what can you offer? I'm like, well, we can paint these houses really well. A lot of guys walk into them and they're probably like, oh man, they start to get nervous, but it just depends, right? So it's all about the systems and implementing systems. But I'm seeing a lot of people on here saying that they have college degrees and stuff like that. And, 
And that's good, but it, it really is going to come down to uh, what makes you the most money. And I think nowadays you can make a lot of money online. I mean, I can see, I can, I can see myself keep talking, but I don't know if it's still getting it. But um, yeah, I don't know. How much y'all charge per room for interior repaints? Uh, I guess it depends. Want to start painting nails too? Too much competition, dude. There's some estheticians that they do some pretty nice stuff. I'm just reading some of the comments, yeah. But um. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, right on. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just getting choppy. Danny, it must be on your end. I killed So I'm on cellular network, but it's pretty choppy here. Okay, hold on. Let me see if, let me see. I'll... How about now? Scott, can you hear Danny okay? Can you hear me, Danny? I can hear you. It's just like the, the. It's a little bit of lag in the video, is all. But I got, I took off my Wi-Fi too, so it might be better now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the video is still going. Yours is good on my end now, but. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I can see you. it's pretty pixelated and it's like pausing, but it's okay. Um. Yeah. With the yeah. Mentioned the nails. I uh, I was taking my kid. I set myself up for disaster. She she just turned 15 yesterday. Oh but, man. Uh, when she was about I don't know maybe three years old, I made a mistake and I took her down to the nail salon and got her nails all painted. I was like, 40 bucks. Oh yeah. These are like this big. So you know then she wants to start begging, Daddy, you gotta take me to get my nails done. You didn't know how fast I went to Walmart and got myself. I'm a painter for Christ's sake, right? I got myself some fancy little. Hardest brushes. Christmas time would come. Nice. I would give her like green and red nails and make little snowman on some and a Santa. And I, I, the deer didn't work out too good because yeah. her nail was really small. But I stopped, man. I make little designs on there and everything. Yeah, it's else. cool, man. They got cool airbrushing right. systems for that too, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's what they were doing there. But I just use those little brushes. I haven't done it for in a while. Yeah. I think she's too old for that now. She barely uh, hangs out with me anymore unless she wants money or. A ride somewhere. A ride, right? yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think, did you say you have a 15-year-old too or 13 No, my son's 12 and my daughter's 10. 12 and 10. Yeah, okay, right on. so, yeah, right on. started young, started young, yeah. Yeah, right on. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to discuss tonight? No, I think, I think it's... Does anyone have any questions? I'm not sure if that feed there. Oh, yeah, it's still rolling. I'm not sure if anyone has any questions for Danny before we take off. I don't think so. I think it's been it's been pretty good so far. It was fun. Okay, right on. All right, man. Well, I won't uh, keep you any longer. I appreciate you coming out. Um, I'll be sending you one of these. I know I sent you as a, just out of the kindness of my Canadian heart. I don't think <laughs> you knew it was coming. I sent you a little silver one. So you, I give you the gold one now. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. I'll send you that out. Um, at some point by the end of the week. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, uh, do it. I appreciate it. Yeah. 
Next week, we're going to be heading out to Hawaii to oh. talk to the right painter. Oh, the right painter, Sam Chandler. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah great Every guy. Now and then we got to hit those, those nice warm places. Yeah, you know, for sure. it's so cold up here. Yeah. But um, just so we, you know, everyone that's watching, just so you know, um, we normally run on Tuesday nights at 8 my time, Eastern Standard Time. But with Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve both landing on Tuesdays, I'm going to get back out here. next. By the time we have Sam on next week, I'll know the exact schedule, but right. we're going to probably run either a Saturday or a Sunday and try to get uh, some of our friends from uh, Australia on. Nice, so yeah. That'd be cool. To run through some of them. I know I'm going to get uh, Painting by Josh on. Nice. Chatted already. PBJ. Yeah. Yeah. I love PBJ. Uh, Dave, if you're still here, I haven't forgotten about Dazzling you. Dazzling Dave, yeah. going to get to you yeah. real soon. And uh, Danny? Appreciate it. Oh, thanks. Pleasure. Yeah, I appreciate um, it, guys. Yeah, check me out. Like I said, I got lots of stuff coming. The podcast should be coming out. We'll be doing some giveaways. And yeah, I got lots of good content coming. I got some wicked projects. So stay tuned. And I appreciate it always, man. I, I really do. Yeah, and if any of my uh, followers, uh, Danny has tons more than I do. So you may have everyone that I do. Well, if I mean, you don't have Danny, check out Top Line. You can see it on my story. His link is there. And go check him out. He's posting things every day. Yeah, absolutely. You probably learn a thing yeah. or two. Yeah, thank I you. Um, but uh, yeah, so you look like you do some great work. It's Appreciate a pleasure it. knowing that you're a fellow Canadian. Yes. Oh, Canada. Don't forget, if you ever come down to Toronto, I'll let you know where we're at, and uh, you can come by and not not for a visit. I'm gonna bring you to work. <laughs> hey, man, I'm down for sure, definitely. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, yeah, if you ever, I don't know if you ever have plans coming out this way, but if you do, I'll be your tour guide. I'll take you around, show you downtown. And That'd be sweet. All the fun stuff that we have here. I know you probably have the better scenery out your way. So what oh. you're going to see here is more or less a concrete jungle. We don't yeah. have mountains or anything yeah. pretty like that. Although Niagara Falls, I don't know if you've been there. Yeah, actually, I've never been there, but um, I've heard great things about it for sure. Yeah, that's, never I don't know, been. maybe depending on how you drive about an hour and 20 minutes down the highway there. So nice. It's, it's one of our, normally we stop there at least once a year kind of thing. No doubt. For the most part. But, uh, yeah, so, again, it's, it's been a slice. Uh, it has been. Thank I'll catch you. I'll with you later. And uh, for everyone else, thanks for tuning in. Thanks, y'all. I appreciate it. Out. Yeah, thank you, guys. Right, Take yeah. care. Later, man.